Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from, some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain to me. I'm no, not you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Each of me have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they? If you or someone you know is experiencing a mental health or substance use crisis, call 988. 988 provides free, confidential, compassionate support 24-7 in your phone's local area code. You are not alone in crisis. There is hope. Hey, now, these are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. When I decide which predator I've caught to feature on this podcast... I weigh a lot of things. Now, obviously, we have hundreds of them, so there's no risk of running out of material anytime soon. But I do like to pick different predators for different reasons. And sometimes, and that's the case with this episode, I dig into somebody who maybe didn't get the attention they deserved in the original investigation or the original broadcast of the story. And I listen to what you guys have to say about it. And over and over and over again on social media, emails to Chris at PredatorPodcast.com here, people have been asking for me to dig into the case of Daniel Polito. Now, you may remember Daniel for a lot of different reasons. 
case surfaced in our investigation in Riverside, California in January of 2006. That was the one, the first one, where we collaborated with law enforcement. And it was also the investigation where 51 men showed up in three days. Imagine that, 51 men. We had a teacher. We had an actor. We had guys from all walks of life. And we had Daniel Polito, who at the time was 40 years old. His screen name, cleverly enough, was Daniel Polito 78. No mystery there. And he was chatting online with a perverted justice decoy, posing as a 13-year-old girl named Sammy. And I'll get into the transcript shortly, but the reason why Polito is so significant, I think, is because, one, he is probably the first or at least one of the first, but I think he was the first to tell me, to give me the excuse that he was there because he was concerned about the girl who was home alone, the girl with whom he had had a sexually charged conversation, the girl to whom he showed his penis and masturbated on a webcam, all that. And he tells me that he was concerned about her well-being, and I'll get into all the excuses he gives. But that was the first time I can remember where somebody went into such great detail to say, okay, the reason I was here was to protect the girl. I had a relative who had a bad experience online, which is what Polito ultimately told me. And he went on from there, but we'll get into that in a minute. Polito was also one of the very first predators I've caught to have actually seen the television show. So remember when he walked into the kitchen to our house in Riverside, California, this was the third investigation, as I mentioned, the only one, the first one rather, that we did with law enforcement. But the first two investigations, the one in Bethpage, Long Island, had aired as a feature on Dateline. And that aired in the fall of 2004. And right after that, we shot the investigation outside of Washington, D.C. in Fairfax County, Virginia. And that got a lot of attention because of the rabbi, the naked guy, John Kennelly, and so many others. And some of those guys, including the rabbi, got prosecuted in that case. So the reality was, by the time we got around to doing the Riverside County investigation, only two hours of television had aired, maybe three, because the very first one was a special segment or three segments on Dateline. And then the second, the investigation outside of Washington, I think we may have cut that up into two different hours, but it had only been on twice at that point, basically. And even with that, because of the attention it started to get. I was concerned that we'd get to Riverside and nobody would show up. And ultimately what concerned me was the fact that so many people were showing up that maybe we put the very professional sheriff's department in Riverside in a difficult situation. Because imagine we had then Sergeant Chad Bianco there running the show for the sheriff's department the assistant district attorney overseeing it, Michelle Paradise. 
And they basically had a motorhome parked in a neighbor's driveway. So once the guy would leave, they would arrest him, process him at the motorhome, and take him away to the sheriff's department for questioning and booking and everything else. But it got so busy that they had to hold people while they arrested the next guy. It was crazy. And I remember being a little bit concerned that, gosh, have we pushed it too far here? Are are we... And I had a conversation with some of the perverted justice people. I said, look, this is incredible, right? But we don't have to set a record here. Each one of these individuals who is being exposed and prosecuted is one less individual harming children. We're making our mark, whether we have 12 people or 51 people. But back to Daniel Polito. So Polito is also significant because... He was one of the early fast movers. So he starts his chat with the decoy at 527 in the evening. It's over by 634 when he makes the date to show up. So in that time span of just over an hour, he tells the girl he's 30, too old, but then he's not too old. He's actually 40, but he says 30 alone. And he starts probing, grooming, and in that hour, he's naked, masturbating, asking about oral sex. The decoy asks him to bring condoms. She's open to the idea at 13 of of having sex. He sees a picture, purportedly, of the girl, and he rolls up. He asks about the neighborhood, if anybody will notice confirms that the child's mother will not be there. And then he pretty quickly wraps up the conversation. But let me give you a sense of this conversation with our friend Daniel. Hi, Sammy. Hey, we're in the 909 area, he says. I'm in the 951. He says male, kind of old, when she asks about ASL, age, sex, and location. He says 30. And you? LOL, 13, female, Mira Loma. That's where our house is. You young. I'm not a baby, she says. Then Daniel says, I work in Mira Loma. We'll get into his job a little bit here. You have a pick, he asks. On my profile, I didn't say that. Didn't say what? That you're a baby. I bet you're pretty. Okay, did you see my profile? That's me on the right. Loading. Okay, okay. You cute, he says. You don't look 13. Aw, really? Smiley face. Thank you, she says. You're welcome. You don't have more pics, he asks. Do you, she says. You look like 16 or so. Really? Now here's the part where he's going to make himself feel okay about continuing this sexually charged conversation with somebody who says they're a 13-year-old girl. You want to see me, he asks. In my webcam? Can you add me? I'm getting a lot of bots, LOL. Yes, I can. I want to see your webcam. Okay, he says. Where are you? In your room? Yeah, why? Just asking. Okay, okay, she says. Because I'm naked, he says. I don't know if you want to see me naked. Oh, LOL. I guess so. Now, the decoys walk a fine line here because they don't want to, you know, encourage or raise the idea of sex. They never make the first contact. This was Daniel who reached out to someone who immediately said they were 13 years old. 
and he gets right into it. You ever see a naked guy before? Yeah, duh, LOL. You like, he says? Yeah, cool. You ever feel a dick before? All right, now this is seven minutes into the conversation. She says, yeah. What have you done? I did a BJ. Did you like it? How old was the guy? Mm, He was 20, she says. Will you give a BJ? I don't know. I guess if you're nice to me. I will be. You can ask for anything you want, he says. You have more pics? No. I want to see what you look like, she says. It will be nice if you get a webcam, he says. You want to see my face? Yeah, that's me. You're cute, she says. Thank you. I love to get to know you, says Daniel. What's your name? Sammy. What's yours? Danny. Cool. K-E-W-L. Can you talk on the phone? Not really. I left it on the charger. Will you like to? My mom's going to kill me when she gets home, LOL. So you home alone? Yeah. Nice, but I'm bored. LOL. All right, no warm-up here, right? Again, he knows she's 13. She's home alone. So you take my cock, Sammy. Let's talk on the phone. I don't do phone sex, she says. Just talk. You want to see my cum? You want to see my cum? Yeah, I'm sure most 13-year-old girls would like to see a 40-year-old guy masturbate online. But she says, yeah. What are you doing, Sammy? Nothing, just watching you. Okay. You want to see my cum? I guess. So tell me, Sammy, you have a nice pussy? Come on. Anyone ever feel your pussy? Yeah. What they do? I don't cyber. And that's, you know, one of the things we get into in these investigations is sometimes the predator, the guy, will merely want to achieve his satisfaction, if you will, by having the girl do something online to live out the fantasy. And that happens. And sometimes it's a crime and sometimes not. Typically, if there's a solicitation or the guy thinks he's transmitting pornographic material, which would be him masturbating on camera, to a child or someone he thinks is a child, that's a crime. But Daniel, Daniel goes a step further. And this speaks to the guy in the middle category I always talk about. He's got a fantasy. He's jonesing for an underage girl or boy. He gets into a conversation. He grooms. He probes. He pushes. And suddenly he's got someone who will respond to this. Then he says, so how real do you want it? She giggled. Real, real. Anytime you want Just let me know, he says. You're playing me. I mean it, he says. Do you want it? Yeah, okay. Can I call you? No, but I can call you. My mom has the phone forwarded. Once again, a reminder that this is a child. Okay, when you call me, can call you now. I don't know. The phone's charging, she says. Just to say hi, can you, he asks. I need to let the phone charge. Hang on. Now, he's really hungry to get this deal done she calls and then there's talk about a visit and he asks will you be alone what time calling okay so they get back on the chat online so where do you live i'll tell you in a while lol okay 
So tell me what you want to do when you come over, she asks. Well, we can watch a movie. I hear this movie thing all the time. All the time. Even today, in the most recent investigations, these guys talk about, well, we'll just watch TV. We'll put on a streaming service and watch a movie. What kind of movie, she asks. Scary movies. Again, typical. Why scary movies, she asks. What kind do you like? So you can hold on to me, he says. Oh, that's sweet. What will you like to do? She asks, you have a girlfriend? Not right now. That's because he's married with a stepchild and a child with the woman to whom he's married. Then he goes on to say how nice it is when you meet the right person, indicating that maybe 13-year-old Sammy is the right person for him. And then he asks about the neighbors if he comes to visit. The neighbors won't say anything to your mom? No, I don't care. Okay. She says, do you care that I'm 13? Once again, confirming she's a minor. I'm okay with it. You want to see my dick again? What a romantic. Do you want me to see it in real life, she asks? Yes, cool. I don't know a lot about what to do. That's not bad, right? Indicating her inexperience at the age of 13. When do you want me to see you? What time? I have to eat supper with my aunt. Okay, well, baby, you have my number. Call me anytime for anything, okay? There's an offer. He says he's about 30 minutes from the home. Remember, he knows where it is because his workplace is right there. Asks for a number just in case. Asks what color her house is. Says he drives a big truck. And they make a date for him to come over at 6. And sure enough, a little late, but Daniel Polito makes it. Pulls up in his truck, parks, and walks down the sidewalk beside our home in Riverside, Miraloma, and peers into the patio door, the sliding glass door where we have the red curtain. You've seen it. And we see him outside, and he's trying to make sure the coast is clear. Take a look. Hello? Hello? Hello, Sammy? Hey, come on in. Where are you? I gotta finish brushing my teeth, okay? Okay. Just wait at the counter for a second. Okay. Thanks. I'll be right there. The decoy, in this case, Dell of Perverted Justice, says, I just got to go brush my teeth. You heard that there. And he comes right in. Okay. Now, here's the other thing about Daniel Polito, and I didn't really pick up on it during the interrogation, during my interview with him. But looking back, I think he was high as a kite. I didn't smell alcohol, and I don't remember smelling weed. And I don't really know what he was high on, but he seems stoned now when I look at the complete interview I did with him. And he had kind of a weed smoker's cough. And I could tell that his mind was churning during this conversation. And we'll get into that and break it down here. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. 
Daniel told me that he worked in the parts department at a company he said was Valley Power Diesel. Now, I don't think he worked there for very long after his arrest, but it did take a while for his case to get through the court system. We'll get into that in a minute. So here he is in our kitchen. And this was before we had on-site decoys to carry on with the Predator. I mean, Dell would do it a little bit. But remember early on, Dell Frag and the other contributors from Perverted Justice who would be on site had a lot to do. And there were good reasons for them not to be face-to-face with the Predator for too long. Sometimes Dell would pose as a boy, sometimes as a girl. Sometimes the picture in the profile was blonde, Dell was brunette. And for security reasons, we're still figuring this out. This is very early on. I mean, this is January of 2006. And as you know, we've had to adapt and change the way we do things in the years since. So I would come out pretty early into the process. So he's in the kitchen, and out I come. How are you tonight? Why don't you have a seat right there, please? You better keep your hands out of your pockets. What are you up to tonight? Nothing. Nothing? No. Nothing or nothing good? Nothing good. Nothing good? No. And he's almost joking, you know. He's he's very docile, non-threatening. He's startled, but he really doesn't look like he's going to try to bolt. I tell him to have a seat, take his hands out of his pockets. He does that. He's wearing a purple hoodie and a white ball cap. And as you heard, he says, when I ask him, what are you up to tonight? He says, nothing. Nothing or nothing good, I ask. No, good, he responds with a smirk on his face. Yeah, who are you here to see? That girl on the internet. The girl on the internet. And what is that girl's name? I think what's Sammy. Sammy. <laughs> yeah. Right. And how old is she? I don't know. She said that she was 14. Something. 14? Mm-hmm. How about 13? I think so, 13, yeah. 13. <laughs> and how old are you? Um, 40. 40. Yes. So he tells me that the girl was 14, which I, I, why do you even lie about that? Why is 14 even measurably better than 13? But that's what he says. He tells me he's 40, which is the truth, even though he said online he was 30. Like, that's any better. And then he alternates during the interview between Sammy, Wasami, and Wasabi, which is only further evidence in my mind that he's high. And you think it's okay to come no, see a 13 year old girl at 40? It's not okay. Then why did you do it? You know what? What? You know what? Here's what. It's going to seem crazy. Try me. But I was going to tell her that there's a lot of people do that stuff like that. I wasn't going to do anything to her. Because it happened to one of my cousins. What happened to one of your cousins? She got raped. Really? And, uh, by somebody shooting yes, on the internet. Yes. He wasn't going to do anything to her. He was going to let her know about the dangers of the internet. Why? He tells me because it happened to one of his cousins. Now, you'll hear in a second about this story that we could never confirm about a cousin of his who was 16 and met somebody online. She was visiting from Mexico, apparently and met somebody online who raped her. Horrifying of truth. But ironically, the same crime Daniel was here to commit by all occasions. And he was convicted ultimately. 
So now this story starts to come together in his mind, and he's thinking this up, I'm pretty sure, as he's going along. Now, maybe on the drive over, he thought, well, what if I do get busted? What am I going to say? Well, this is what I'm going to say. And again, there's been no verification that he actually had a cousin who was raped. Horrifying, if true. And then it gets even worse because, as you'll hear, he says that she was murdered later in a separate incident. Also unconfirmed. Take a listen. How old is that cousin of yours? She's dead. She's dead. She's dead? Yes. She was killed? Well, the first time that she got raped, she didn't get killed, but she got killed after that. So she was raped, your cousin was raped yes. by someone she met on the internet. Mm-hmm. And how old was she? She was 16. 16? Yes, sir. That must have had a big impact on your family. Tell me about it. In what year did this happen? Like seven years ago. Seven years ago. Yeah. But he took her to Mexico. He took her to Mexico? Yes. And where was she <clears throat> living in the United States at the time? She just came for a visit for six months. Six months? Yeah. Because she was in trouble in Mexico, and she came over, and that happened. Did this make the news here? Mm, no. Yeah. Her mom didn't want to. Yeah. yeah. So, based upon that, you decided to come over here and tell Sammy about the dangers of talking yes. to strangers on the internet. Yes. And what were you going to tell her? I was going to tell her that, you know what, if you keep doing this, I mean, there's no, there's no other people like me, but there's other people that are kind of dangerous, and they can do it to you. And that was the message he claims he was going to give to 13-year-old Sammy. It happened to my cousin, and it could happen to you. And now he's going to try and get ahead of the story, right? Because he knows that I know more than he's letting on. And he also knows at this point, or he should know, that I'm not buying into the story about the excuse that he was there to save the child because of what happened to his niece. So he goes ahead and volunteers. I know this because I've got the pictures right there on the counter of him naked, showing his genitalia and masturbating, right? I'm just waiting for the right moment to slide those across the kitchen island and confront him. But he gets in front of it and says, well, I showed myself to her. That's a funny way to put it. I know I showed showed myself to her on the internet. What do you mean you showed yourself to her? I mean, I show her my uh, webcam. Yes. And, uh, and, and that's the only reason, you know, because, I mean, people like that get skilled, and I don't like that. So so I'm, I'm confused. You showed her what on your webcam? No, I just showed my webcam to her. And what was on the webcam that she would have seen? Me. You yes. doing what? She's naked. Naked. To get her attention. So you pose naked. <laughs> what? You pose naked on your webcam. Mm-hmm. So a 13-year-old girl could see it because you wanted to teach her a lesson. Yeah, well, you can say that. Yeah. So this is like a tough love thing? A tough love thing. Now, the other interesting thing about the Polito case is that, you know, looking back and knowing what I know today and knowing how I deal with these predators today, you know, we had that cop just a, a month or so ago. In fact, we're going to put a sampling of that on the YouTube channel should be out by the time you hear this. Have a seat with Chris Hansen. I'll get into that. But it's obvious to me looking back at this, and this is, you know, 15, 16 years ago, that I was getting into a groove and a little bit more comfortable 
interviewing these guys. And we didn't have somebody coming in right after him, so I wasn't rushed. I had time to deal with it. It was a situation where we didn't think he was carrying a weapon. We could not determine whether or not he had a criminal background involving violence. And by all accounts, by all indications, you know, we had the situation with Daniel Polito under control. So I had time to kind of set these little traps for him to walk into, which he did every time. Well, what is it exactly? It's like I told you, he has to make, make sure that, you know, she don't do stuff like that. So you sent these, you allowed her to see these pictures of yourself. Yes. This? Yes. That, that's you? Yeah. And you're, what, masturbating there? Playing with myself. Playing with yourself, yeah. yeah. And you knew that a 13-year-old girl was going to see those? Yes. And you did this just to teach her a lesson? Well, basically, yeah. Basically. Do you see why that's hard to believe? I know, yeah, it is. And then after confronting him with the pictures, the still shots from the webcam, he wants to soften the language. Well, not masturbating, but I was playing with myself. Well, he was masturbating. Not that there's a difference. And I start to detail the transcripts in which he gets graphic talks about a sexual encounter and and very quickly it's obvious that this was no tough love lesson this was a different sort of tough love this was a 40 year old man who would without question at least in my mind and based upon the evidence I saw and the evidence presented in the criminal case later would have raped a child he would have done it if I hadn't been there if the crew hadn't been there this would have gone down and without the intervention of our team, perverted justice included, the Riverside County Sheriff's Department, this guy would have been out there and would have kept doing this until he finally met a girl who would agree to have sex with him. I'm convinced. You ask where she is, mm-hmm. if she's in her room. Yeah. Just asking because I'm naked. <laughs> you ever see a naked guy before? You ever feel uh, blank before? What have you done? Did you like it? How old was the guy? Will you give a slang for oral sex? So you like my mm-hmm. blank? You want to see my blank again? <laughs> it sounds like you wanted to date her. Now, just to make his story even more unbelievable... He not only, as you heard, tells the story about his niece, but he also starts into how his stepdaughter met a 17-year-old online and he wasn't happy about it, and how he had a five-year-old child with his wife. And he read her the riot act about meeting people online, even though the stepdaughter, according to the story he gave, was meeting a 17-year-old, so theoretically they were close in age. But he makes a big deal out of this. And then I ask him, you know, the money question, which is, if you were so unhappy with a 17-year-old boy trying to meet your stepdaughter online, what are we to think of a 40-year-old man trying to meet a 13-year-old? I mean, I guess you would have learned about the dangers of the the Internet had I not been there and had she been there, huh? Well, you're going to make this sound like that, you know, so I can't believe me. And then he says, okay, I, I confront him, you heard that, even more aggressively. 
And he said, you don't need to make it sound like that. Well, how is it supposed to sound? And the whole time, he's, you know, crossing, uncrossing his arms, fiddling with a piece of paper in his fingers, putting his foot up, putting his foot down, that dry weed cough. And he's scooching his stool around, which makes a screeching sound from time to time. But he's not sweating. And that's what makes me think he's stoned, is that, you know, he's going to try to work his way through this. And it's not going very well. And it seems to be the only one who doesn't see that is Daniel Polito. And have you done this sort of thing before where you've tried to teach a girl a lesson? This is the very, very first time of this. Very first time. Why even talk to somebody who you think is 13 years old, huh? It was stupid. Yeah, just stupid. Would you be okay if a grown man at 40 years old walked into your home to meet your daughter? Of course not. Then why is it okay for you to do this? I know, it's stupid. Okay, now he admits it's stupid, but now he's going to tell me straight up. And this is the part about his stepdaughter. But the most incredible part of this is about to come. I want to tell you, I want to tell you straight up. I have a, well, I had a stepdaughter. Yeah. And she was um, 12 weeks away from my wife. I have a five-year-old kid. Right. And my stepdaughter, and she was, at the moment, she was 14. Mm-hmm. And she was doing the same thing, playing on the internet. Right. And uh, she met a guy. He was, well, he wasn't old enough, but he was like 17, but she right. was 14 at the moment. And I swear to I got so pissed. So oh, wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that you had a 14-year-old stepdaughter who met a guy on the internet to have sex. No, no, she met him, you know, just, just to, uh, right. to be friends. To be friends. By- and that upset you. Yeah. Yeah, so you're upset, and you didn't want her meeting well, guys on the internet. Really you so you walk into this house to meet a 13-year-old girl. I so why, why is that okay? Then I ask the question I often ask of these predators. Did you bring condoms? He changes his story very quickly. Did you bring condoms with you? No. Are you sure? Yeah, I did. You did bring condoms? Yes, I did. And, and what part of the lesson... So I, was, I wasn't going to use them. I was going to give them to her. You were going to give her condom. I thought, look, if you want to do this, it's up on your own. All right, so you just came over to tell her it's a bad idea to talk to guys on the Internet, but if you're going to talk, here, use some condoms. So he wasn't going to use the condoms. He says he was going to just drop them off because if, in fact, she is going to have sex, she should have protection. Sorry, Daniel. Not buying it. Danny... <laughs> It doesn't wash. I know. It doesn't wash. Well, I'm sorry. Why don't you start again and just tell me what your plan was tonight? Just to meet her. Just to meet her. Yeah. But the condoms, the sex talk. I know, I know. I know. I've never done this before. I mean, I, I have never been in problems with the police. I've never done this before. I've never been in problems with the police. Well, it may be true that he's never been in problems with the police, but I find it highly unlikely that he hasn't had a conversation like this before. Possible, but I doubt it. And then, the part I mentioned in the beginning of this episode. The first time that I can recall when any predator I've caught admitted in the moment that he had seen the previous shows. That's right. Not only did he have this unbelievable excuse a story that I would hear over and over again and one that I heard just in the recent investigation a month ago I just came over to intervene 
to protect the girl. Not only that, but he had seen the shows. Listen to this. Do you ever watch TV, Danny? Yes. Do you ever watch Dateline NBC? Yes. Have you ever seen our stories on computer predators? Yes. This is one of them. Now, if there's anything else you'd like to say for yourself, then obviously you're free to leave. Thank you. He thanks me and goes right out the door he came into. He's arrested. Prosecuted. Polito's case, like so many others in the California court system, took a long time to work its way to justice. Ultimately, Polito was sentenced to 180 days in prison, in jail, which is six months, which he served. Three years probation, and he had to register as a sex offender. Now, at the time that he was busted, he told me that he worked for a company called Valley Power and Diesel in the parts department. And there was a company similar to that name in the area. And we were never able to confirm his employment there. And we do not know where he is working today. He is still a registered sex offender. And according to the records that I've been able to find, he is still living in that part of California. We have no indication that he has reoffended or had to go to jail, prison again. He's 56 now. He looks older in his picture. And while he may have not gotten into trouble again, at least that we've been able to determine, Daniel Polito is still one of the most fascinating predators I've caught. We'd like to think guys would learn a lesson from this, but I'm telling you, and when you see this episode we did in Michigan with a guy who was vice president of a manufacturing company who came over and told me the same story, that he was just there because he heard this particular social media platform had a lot of activity with young women being promiscuous. He said he was going to just help this gal out. He had daughters of his own, too. This will all come out in our new series, Takedown with Chris Hansen, Predator Edition, when True Blue, our new streaming crime service, premieres in the fall. Much more to come on that. As you know, I like to hear from all of you. And I do take time out of my week to listen to all the questions you ask. This week's question is from Cameron in Virginia. Hey, Chris. I'm absolutely loving the podcast. My name's Cameron. I'm from Virginia. I was wondering, whatever happens to the predators that, you know, talk to the decoys, go through the conversation fully or not fully, but don't end up showing to the house, the sting house? I know in a few cases that you guys did still cover those and go after those people. However, I'm sure that there are a lot of cases. So I was wondering how many of those cases are there and how many of them actually, you know, got prosecuted in any way, if that's possible. Maybe you could explain that a little bit. The other question I had was, uh, were there any confrontations that never made it on air? Because every once in a while, when predators ask, am I going to be on TV? You'll say, well, we haven't made final decisions. Well, Were there ever any final decisions where a predator never made it? All right, keep up the awesome work, man. I'm loving the shows. Have a good day. 
two excellent questions, Cameron, and I'll take the first one first. Are there any predators who have been prosecuted or what happens when somebody chats online with a decoy but doesn't actually show up? Yes, that's happened on a number of occasions. And remember, in most states, Cameron, the actual crime is committed online. It's the solicitation of a minor using the Internet. So all the prosecutors really need at that point, in many cases, is the evidence of the chat, verification of the chat, and anything the predator might have sent to someone he thought was a child. So you could add on to that potentially transmission of pornography to a child, indecent exposure if the webcam is used or pictures of the predator are sent by the predator. So in many cases, we'll finish our investigation and the law enforcement agency involved will in fact pursue the predator and it's happened. Remember in the case of Bill Conrad Jr., the assistant district attorney in Texas, he didn't show up at the house. But in the opinion of law enforcement, there was enough evidence to go make the arrest. Sadly, he took his own life. We believe because of all the evidence that was on his computer, including child pornography and evidence of other crimes implicating his boss in a financial scheme. But there have been arrests made after the fact. And law enforcement is diligent about doing that. We've had cases where A guy has started to slow down in a car, but has taken off. Police have made a traffic stop. And in fact, in Fairfield, Connecticut, there was a case where they went to a hotel room after they found a hotel key in the suspect's pocket. And in the hotel room, they found video equipment. And they believe that this guy was going to try to take the child to the hotel room and make a sex tape for his own viewing later or perhaps to even sell online. So it's important for law enforcement to follow up, and generally, it does. Great question. As you know, you can find me in a number of places. Discovery Plus. Have a seat with Chris Hansen. You'll be able to see a sampling of the police officer, Predator, who was busted in Michigan on the YouTube channel, Have a Seat with Chris Hansen, right now, as a matter of fact, along with an in-depth interview with the sheriff, Chris Swanson, in Genesee County, Michigan. We will be premiering True Blue this fall. You can get information on that at watchtrueblue.com. You know where to find me on social media and on Cameo. In the meantime, if you need to find me more immediately, you can always reach out at Chris at predatorpodcast.com I'll be watching and listening